raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. You're listening to Saturday Night on The Circle on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is Saturday Night on The Circle. I'm Ethan Hatcher. That's producer Carl. And want to give him a shout out because he especially said, we got to start the show with Eric Clapton's cocaine. And you know Why? Because of the Hunter Biden cocaine scandal at the White House. Now, can we just can we call for the purposes of this show? Can we call it that? Because come on, I know the White House is denying, and you know, of course, the media is helping obfuscate, and they're saying, "Oh, there's just no way for us to know whose cocaine it was." Allegedly, uh, ale- you know, allegedly. But for the purposes of this show, let's just go ahead. And connect the dots and call it the Hunter Biden cocaine scandal, because what are the odds when you have a storied uh, person who has abused drugs for years, uh, who regularly comes into contact with the White House and then this uh, sudden discovery with cocaine? Now, we'll also tell you later in the show, there is a historical connection, because although this is obviously quite scandalous. It's not the first time cocaine has been in the White House or perhaps the first time it was used by an executive. So stay tuned for that. Give you the details. This is Saturday night on The Circle. But before we get into that, Carl, can I... Can I do some griping here about this nonsense? It's called Spark on the Circle. It's out front. I am not a fan. Have you you seen this? (laughs) Yes. They started installing it on Thursday. Uh, It's because the community said that they want more green spaces and shade, free space like we used to have during the COVID-19 pandemic. And so the city comes up with conveniently during an election year this grand idea. They're going to turn Monument Circle into to a park and you'd think this would be sacrilege to the far left because they're taking away one of the oldest roundabouts in the state. Now, I thought, Carl, that liberals loved roundabouts. They're, they're just going to town with them over in Carl, uh, 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 Carmel. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I digress. It, it, I don't understand what we're getting out of converting the circle that we wouldn't get out of using Memorial Park. And I understand the desire for more green spaces, but can't we do that with more derelict buildings instead of taking away one of the central features of downtown? I mean, for what, for the, the city's own namesake, you know, the circle city. Um, and it's also an inconvenience to businesses. I was talking with our own uh, receptionist here at uh, uh, WIBC uh, on Friday, and she she was saying that, uh, you know, the the post, the 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 mailman was griping about it. The uh, uh, delivery people were griping about it. It's taking cutting away access. And then you're limiting the ability of motor traffic like on the circuit. This is a terrible idea. I'm not a fan. It's a soft launch. Uh, it's just supposed to last through November. But realistically, I think <laughs> this is probably. Probably a feature that will be here to stay, unfortunately. I'm not a fan, but we'll see how it continues to develop. And of course, right now, 
They've got police officers out keeping, you know, keeping the peace. They want this to be a quiet and peaceable debut. But realistically, is that going to be the case all the time? No, I don't think so. And we've already got uh, problems with the public masturbators on the circle, one of which that likes to sleep outside the building here at WIBC. You know, uh, he's a regular feature of this beautiful downtown Indianapolis and Joe Hogsnot City. Thanks for listening to uh, the show. I'm Ethan Hatcher. Now, definitely wanted to get in to the scandal that has rocked the nation nonstop coverage uh, for the whole week, which is uh, the uh, Hunter Biden cocaine scandal at the White House. It was discovered late on a Sunday last week, and the media emphasized, oh, it was, it was while the Biden family was away. You know, they were at Camp David, so there's definitely no con- uh, connection here. And in a highly trafficked area, um, but but there's no way that it's going to be discovered uh, again because where where it was was a highly trafficked area and there's just no cameras covering that this according to Corinne Jean-Pierre <laughs> clarify for us where exactly inside the West Wing the substance was discovered I'm not going to get into uh, specifics what I can say is when people visit the West Wing uh, there is uh, an air there is the area of the West Wing where uh, it is highly uh, traveled uh, and that is what happens People come through this particular area. It's highly traveled. I'm just not going to get into specifics. I'm not going to get into, uh, uh, not going to get ahead of the Secret Service. And so I'll let them speak to that. Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not. What do you think, huh? Highly trafficked area of the White House. Sure. This is a group where, uh, or this is a place in the White House where tour groups regularly go through. But then it also was found near the Situation Room and National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. He seemed to, instead of blaming the general public, point the finger at White House workers who are the only people who had access to this area of the West Wing. First, I would refer to the Secret Service when it comes to questions of the security of the president. I won't speak to that. Second, I would make a point about the Situation Room because I think there's been a lot of questionable reporting on this. The Situation Room is not in use and has not been in use for months because it is currently under construction. We are using uh, an alternate Situation Room in the Eisenhower Executive Office building. So the only people coming in and going out of the sit room in this period have been workers who are getting it ready to And next time you get in trouble, just call a crackhead. See how that works out for you. So we have possible suspects, including members of the public or workers on the White House staff, inaccessible to cameras, mind you, and MSNBC comments on that. We'll be playing those sound bites later. Uh, But don't worry, says Jake Sullivan. Should they discover the identity of this uh, cocaine perpetrator, consequences will quickly ensue. We'll let the investigation unfold if it involves someone from the White House, the appropriate consequences will ensue. Liar! 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 Get back, witch! If it involves some visitor who came in and left it, then that's a different matter uh, that raises a different set of questions that are less relevant to, to my line of work. Now, the reason why I want to go ahead and connect the dots here and, you know, just call it out as the Hunter Biden cocaine scandal is because this wouldn't even be the first time that Hunter Biden has been caught using cocaine or the first time he's left it behind, uh, left it behind. Um, Of course, we know he was dismissed for for the Navy after he uh, signed on in 2013 and was swore in by his father, the then vice president. uh, Later the next day, he was dismissed discharged after test 
testing positive for cocaine. You know, you join the Navy, do a celebratory bump, get discharged the next day. Easy come, easy go. So it is in the life of Hunter Biden. In his wife's divorce filing, his ex-wife's uh, divorce filing, Kathleen Buell, she said he spent extravagantly on his own interests, including drugs, alcohol, prostitutes, strip clubs, gifts for women with whom he had sexual relations while leaving his family with no funds to pay legitimate bills. And in 2016, days before the presidential election, he was caught in Arizona, leaving behind a rental car in which cocaine and a crack pipe was discovered. We now have new photos dating back to 2018 from the infamous Hunter Biden laptop, uh, where he's taking pictures of himself driving around Arlington, Virginia, smoking crack. Can't even wait until he gets home. You got to you know, be smoking your crack while you're driving on the roads. He's also photographing himself on a, a trip to Las Vegas, doubtlessly one of these uh, escapades where he met with prostitutes, um, tra- traveling on the road more than 170 miles an hour. What's sad is he lives a much lamer uh, discount Chinese imitation version of the much cooler Hunter, the notorious eccentric Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, his his life is basically something like uh, out of fear and loathing. We were somewhere around Barstow, on the edge of the desert, when the drugs began to take hold. We had two bags of grass, 75 pellets of mescaline, five sheets of high-powered blotter acid, a salt shaker half full of cocaine, a whole galaxy of multicolored uppers, downers, screamers, laughers, also a quarter tequila, quarter rum, case of beer, pint of raw ether, two dozen amyl. Not that we needed all that for the trip, but once you get locked into a serious drug collection, the tendency is to push it as far as you can. Now the son of the sitting president has brought the fiction of Hunter S. Thompson to an all uh, to an incredible reality. I, I guess it's a case of life imitating art. You're listening to Saturday Night on The Circle, and we've got so much to come. Stay tuned for more on WIBC. listening to Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. This is Saturday Night on the Circle. Strange things are afoot in the world of ice cream, where Ben and Jerry's took one look at Bud Light and they said, hold our beer. Metaphorically, of course, because uh, on July 4th, the marketing team decided it would be a good idea to twit out on the twit machine. This is the 4th of July. It's high time we recognize that the U.S. exists on stolen indigenous land and commit to returning it. Learn more and take action now at benandjerrys.co. That didn't work out too well. You're listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. I'm Ethan Hatcher, your bespectacled curmudgeon. That is producer Carl. Beep, 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 pushing the buttons and doing the things to make the show function. Since Ben and Jerry's made that tweet, their stocks have taken a dip by nearly one percentage point, which you wouldn't think is that much, but turns out it represents a $2.5 billion loss in market cap value. Ouch. CEOs do not like it when you lose them billions of dollars. Uh, Christy Nome, governor of South Dakota, also 
condemned uh, the Vermont ice cream company. I'm not going to listen to a bunch of liberal um, Vermont businessmen who think they know everything about this country and haven't studied our history. Uh, right now, Mount Rushmore is the greatest symbol of our freedom and history of the United States of America. We can learn from the men on that mountain. We can do better. But boy, they led us through some challenging times. And I think uh, Americans in this country need some inspiration and we can gain it from a monument like that. We should be proud of America and knock off what Ben and Jerry is doing um they don't have any idea what they're doing i mean it was the ego project of gutsum borglum uh who wanted to make it uh the uh, national archives and store the uh the constitution and the De declaration of independence in south dakota but i certainly understand the sentiment and you know for some reason i didn't realize ben and jerry's was a vermont ice cream california uh, uh, company i just thought they were a california yeah, where ice cream I don't know. I, just, well known. I knew they were libs. I just didn't yeah. know where they were based out <laughs> of. You know, of crazy just, people from Vermont, too. Well, that's where the Bernie <laughs> yeah. comes from. I, ju I just associated it with California. But being a former resident producer, Carl, I, I'm, I can imagine you understand why, you know? <laughs> okay, so they've lost $2.5 billion in market cap. And I wonder... Like, I wonder what the secret sauce is here. What makes some boycotts stick and others, you know, they don't. Like the conservative chocolate with uh, Hershey's. Their stock has only continued to grow since they partnered with transgender activist Faye Johnstone for uh, International Women's Day. Whereas Ben and Jerry's now seeming to suffer huge losses like Bud Light. Is it just because there's a lot of other ice cream competitors? You know, you can just go get uh, Breyer's ice cream, you know, go get something else. I, I don't know. You know, get, get, go get some Haagen-Dazs instead. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right, because Hershey's runs everything chocolate. So anyway, point is, Ben and Jerry's, they looked at uh, Bud Light and they said, hold our beer. We want to take uh, huge losses as well. Also, what's interesting, Bud Light continuing to take the punches after the saloon Minneapolis Gay Bar announced Monday they are dropping the brand from their bar because they abandoned Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, now, this is not just happening in Minneapolis. This is happening uh, with gay bars across the nation. They also were taken off the best place to work for LGBTQ equality list on uh, the country's largest L LGBTQ advocacy group, the Human rights campaign so they're now taking it from both sides because they didn't wholeheartedly uh, embrace and stick behind uh dylan mulvaney and this was a phenomenon that was accurately predicted uh on the show i did with brad klopfenstein on july 3rd Guten Tag, pop, pop. Guten Tag, clap, clap. Ach, oh boy Brad Klopfenstein compared it to an earlier uh, failure within uh, beer manufacturing. Interestingly, this is not the first time in brewing history that a similar controversy has taken a, a brewery, a brand down. Oh, tell me about Olympia. It. 20 or so years ago, had a little bit of a controversy where the head of their company got caught in a park with a, a man doing things that you shouldn't be doing in a park with anybody. Um, so anyhow, so their response was very very strong and, well, let me back up. The first response was they lost a lot of consumers because of just what happened. And mind you, it was a different time, but in the late 70s, early 80s, people were not as open-minded, so there was controversy on that end. They weathered that storm, and then after that storm was over, then they canned him not knowing that the remainder of their customer base that had held strong was in San Francisco, oh. and 
So, so the remaining part of their their consumer base bailed out on them, and then they were left with nothing oh and sold out to Paps not that much longer later. So there is historical parallels there, and if you'd like to hear more of that show, I'm going to have producer Carl upload on uh, the WIBC website, and I'll put it up uh, tomorrow on uh, my podcasting website, Saturday Night on the Circle Fireside FM, and you can listen to the July 3rd broadcast where we kind of talk about that more in depth. But I think I think it's very fascinating that there is a historical parallel, and then Bud Light now seeming to go down the same path where they've not only lost uh, traditional conservatives uh but now they're losing the lgbt community because of their hypocrisy they want to have their cake and eat it too they still want to say that they stand behind the lgbt community without standing behind their sponsor that has now lost them billions of dollars and more than 25 percent in market cap value thanks for listening to saturday night on the circle uh, of course we've got more to talk about including kareen jean pierre lamenting the decision by the Supreme Court, several of which, including, uh, of course, uh, uh, most prominently to the Biden administration, uh, uh, shooting down their student lo- uh, uh, student loan debt forgiveness program that was unconstitutional and circumvented Congress. Well, now uh, uh, the press secretary is saying that the administration plans to talk it out, but she's not the only one. When this happened, when the decision by SCOTUS, uh, the Supreme Court on student loan, the president's student loan plan came forth, the president came out and with his own plan. And we believe their decision was wrong. We believe we had the legal authority. Again, you know, there's been some unprecedented actions taken by the Supreme Court. We've been very clear about that. But we're going to continue to fight. This is the, this is a president that has probably fought more to give that relief, to give that uh, breathing room to Americans that really want it. If you think about his original plan, it was giving relief to 90% of Americans who make $75,000 or less. Mm-hmm. That's what we were talking about. So now the president was going to, uh, you know, the, the Department of Education is going to have a town hall uh, this month. We're going to talk it out. Okay, so the administration's got to talk it out. They got to deal with the fallout. But so do students at the Boston University School of Law. They've got to talk it out with therapists. This coming from the Boston University Law Student Government Association, which sent out an email to students which denounced the Supreme Court's decision uh, in the uh, 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 case of the uh, 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 shooting down affirmative action and uh, upholding the right of uh, businesses to have freedom of speech, as well as the student loan debt forgiveness, and also reminded them of the availability of mental health services. So you have potential law students that are so emotionally fragile that they can't handle a ruling from the Supreme Court that doesn't come down in their favor. Imagine... If they existed as conservatives where we got to deal with that kind of crap all the time, you know, where the Supreme Court is not ruling uh, in many instances the way we'd like them to. And it didn't send us to the therapist's office. My goodness. So from the administration to potential uh, law students at Boston University, uh, it's left them uh, weeping and gnashing their teeth. And I am here for it. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on the Circle. Stay tuned for more up next hat hat tricks with Hatcher, in which we're going to go through the latest cavalcade of cartoonish comedy from your favorite leftists in office. Don't miss it. Up next. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night on the Circle podcast. Be sure to catch us live every Saturday. Saturday night from 7 to 9 Eastern on 93 WIBC Indianapolis and watch us on the YouTube live stream where you can comment live with other fans. 
raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Things that bother you never bother me. I feel happy and fine. Ha-ha! Living in the sunlight, loving in the moonlight, having a wonderful time. This is Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIBC. Living in the sunlight, loving in the moonlight, having a wonderful time. The liberal leftists of the Biden administration are unsuccessfully trying to spin the term Bidenomics as a positive label, and it backfires tremendously as Americans are substantially worse off now than they were just four years ago. You'll also hear how the president plans to open a drag racing strip in New York's Hudson Tunnel. And Jen Psaki comes up with a kooky new theory to push back against the left's losing culture war. Don't miss a moment for all these stories and more in another exciting edition of Hat Tricks with Hatcher. It's time for another one of Hatcher's Hat Tricks. The story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. You're listening to Saturday Night on The Circle, where I'm your host, Ethan Hatcher, and producer Carl, beep, 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 pushing those buttons and doing th- the things to make the show function. We begin with Corrine Jean-Pierre, <laughs> press secretary for uh, the president of the United States, attempting to reclaim that indictment of a term, Bidenomics, and spin it as something positive for the administration. They've been really leaning heavy into that in for about the last week, week and a half or so. This is also binomics, right? We've been talking about binomics since last week and how it's delivering you. Stop it! Stop it! Please! I beg you! It's a sin! It's a sin! It's a sin! That's what's delivering. You can keep it because uh, for on average, American middle class households have lost $33,000 in real wealth in just the last year. Imagine that compounded over the last four is such the magnitude of failure that is the Biden administration. But they're now trying to reclaim that term Bidenomics and spin it as something positive when we know patently it is not. What part of the American economy can you say is rocketing forward? In fact, as a matter of policy, you have the Fed that is trying to slow down the economy uh, in a desperate attempt to get inflation under control because of the profligate uh, uh, spending of both the Biden and the Trump administration. So, no, I don't think that Bidenomics is quite the sell they believe it is. But Joe Biden, you know, I mean, he's so oblivious. He thinks he's opened up a drag racing strip on the Hudson terminal in New York City and I'm not joking because he says you'll be able to drive 100 miles per hour through the tunnel. And today in New York we're investing a record to a billion dollars to renew the Hudson Tunnel. You walk through that tunnel it was built 100 years ago. It's falling apart. You'll be able to go through it 100 miles an hour instead of 30 miles an hour. 
You sure about that? You sure about that? You sure about that? 100 miles for, uh, an hour through the tunnel. Now, maybe Joe Biden thinks that's a normal rate of travel because son Hunter is driving 172 miles an hour and his Porsche going uh, down to Las Vegas. So that's how that works. But no, I don't think whatever renovations they're going to do to the Hudson Tunnel, you're going to be going 100 miles per hour through it. What were you going to say, Producer yeah, Carl? Yeah, and, and when you're talking about dr- drag racing regarding uh, Biden, I'm thinking of another thing. Ah, <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't think they're they're going to be doing that down a tunnel either. <laughs> At least not that kind of tunnel. But um, you're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle. Now, it's often been said the left is after your children. That's meant quite literally because Joe Biden here thinks that your children are all our children. It's some giant uh, hippy dippy collective we live in where uh, children are just collect property of the collective. Children are the kite strings. They're not somebody else's. They're all our children. Are the all kite strings children. that lift our national ambitions aloft? And you hold those strings. You hold those strings. I, uh, I think I can smell shite. <laughs> yes, I can definitely smell shite. Okay, so you have two very damning admissions there. First of all, you have Joe Biden declaring that children are the property of collective. And second of all, he's the one holding the strings. You know, children are the kite strings and you hold all those strings together. Well, then... <laughs> Then you control the future, uh, uh, to reference a quote from the Moms for Liberty page. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that right now. But there is Joe Biden saying the quiet part out loud. Your children are just property of the collective. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on the Circle. Now, here's a curious observation uh, proffered by the former uh, 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 press secretary, uh, Circleback Jen Psaki, who is now theorizing Republicans are trying to turn minority groups groups against each other uh, in a bid to regain control of the country. Here's what she theorizes on MSNBC. So lately I've been noticing the reemergence of a very old GOP playbook that harkens back to President Richard Nixon's very old GM GOP playbook. We've seen this all before, says uh, Circleback Saki. GOP playbook that harkens back to President Richard Nixon's infamous Southern strategy. During his campaign for president in 1968, the Republican Party made a concerted effort to reach white Southerners who used to vote for Democrats by playing to their fears of African-Americans and the civil rights movement. And it worked. By pitting one group of Americans against another, the GOP successfully managed to split off Southern whites from the Democratic Party. Now, decades later, the right wing is reviving that same playbook, this time with Muslim Americans and trans people. Hear me out here. The GOP is trying to recruit Muslim Americans, a community that makes up less than 2% of the U.S. population, against another tiny marginalized group of Americans, transgender people. (laughs) Are you serious? You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. 
So in a bid to regain control of the government, says Jin Psaki, Republicans are trying to turn Muslims against the trans community. I, I, I don't know where you even begin to make this kind of kooky crap up, but let me tell you, I think it is cute as hell, adorable that Jen Psaki from the liberal left believes all the cultures exist conforming within lockstep to leftist values because I promise you this is as moronic uh, as uh, uh, those people, uh, uh, you know, LGBT community against uh, Islamophobia T-shirts that you see running around when those countries will string up homosexuals by their neck and hang them until dead. You, you know, countries not known for their tolerance and open mindedness. So Jen Psaki Republicans didn't have to turn Muslims against anyone. And the, the fact that you think these cult, they, uh, that their culture just bends to the uh, uh, ever flexible whims of uh, liberal morality is absolutely hysterical. But that's uh, that's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. And no, Republicans no more tried to turn or trying to turn Muslims against the transgender uh, community than her initial starting premise that uh, Southern racist Democrats suddenly swapped parties to uh, Republicans in the uh, Nixon administration. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. Now, here's another crazy proposition offered by a liberal college student who has identified the biggest one of the biggest contributors to global warming, certainly a man who would warm the cold, dead heart of Greta Thunberg. How dare you? Farming needs to stop. That's the single biggest driver of climate change. Yep, you heard that right. Let me play it again. Farming needs to stop. That's the single biggest driver of climate change. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! <laughs> Farming is the biggest contributor to global warming, so that's got to stop. Now, not only are you cutting out the cow farts, but you're also enacting population uh, 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 po population uh, limiting. <laughs> uh, like, how are we going to eat? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, but but I guess your California liberal uh, college students do not think about these things. Now, speaking about California liberals, here was uh, one who was reacting to a conservative who was trying to warn the community about what inaction could do. And, you, you know, putting up with theft will inevitably encourage criminals to come after civilians but that's okay in the mind of this liberal activist from California. Guess what happens when they can't steal stuff from Whole Foods anymore? They're going to be breaking into your car, sir. In your I've car. Two They're going to be the last year. Exactly. Hey, I'm not upset over that. So, well, hey, you should be. You should be. You should be. You should be breaking into your. Let's play that again. Because he had two break-ins, and he says he's not upset by that because people need to survive. Guess what happens when they can't steal stuff from Whole Foods anymore? They're going to be breaking into your car, sir. In your I've car. Had two They're going to be blasted. Exactly. Hey, I'm not upset so, over that. So, well, hey, you, you, you should be. You should survive. You should be. You should be. You should be. What was happening there? That was the Christmas tradition where you go from house to house collecting your presents, and then when the next family comes, you would run.
I'm not aware of this tradition, Mac. In fact, I think that you were just stealing from that home. Oh no, I was taking their presents, but they were taking mine. That's why there were never any presents at my house when I got back. The neighbors took them. It's a South Philly tradition, Charlie. So, so that's just how it works in the commie uh, for in California. You know, you're just always trading goods. People rob from your house, you rob from theirs. People just need to survive. That's how it goes. Taking a page right out of Seth Rogen's book. Now we all assumed that was a smack in the face of, you know, the common man to have this elitist liberal say, well, I can afford to have people break in my cars a couple months a month, but, but uh, a couple times a month. But there you have just some regular guy in California. Ah, no, I got broken into twice last year. It's okay. People need to survive. You get the government you deserve, and that's the government evidently they want to vote for and support in California. Somehow I find it hard to believe if his car is actually broken into that he's not going to be upset. I think he's probably me first to call the cops. He's putting on airs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And when the cops don't show up and he's like, why didn't they show up? Because you defunded them? Because you chased them out. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on the Circle. Coming up next, we'll tell you about everybody's favorite activist, Greta Thunberg, how dare you, and what she's been up to in the land of Sweden. Don't miss it. You don't own me. I'm not just one of your many toys. You don't own me. You're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIPC. Things are currently looking down for everybody's favorite climate activist, Greta Thunberg, in the land of Sweden. She seems to have gotten herself in a spot of trouble last month, getting arrested on June 19th. When I say climate change, what do you think of? Blah, blah, blah. There is no planet B. There is no planet blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. We can no longer let the people in power decide. Blah, blah, blah. Did you hear me? What do we want? Blah, blah, blah. But it starts with blah. When do we want it? Blah, blah, blah. This is all we hear. What do we want? Blah, blah, blah. What do you think? They say blah. When do we want it? Blah, blah, blah. Blah, 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 blah. This is all we hear. From our so-called leaders. So she was arrested on June 19th with other protesters who were blockading oil tankers at a port in Malmo, Sweden. Police arrested her after she refused to leave when asked, uh, according to the affidavit for her arrest. Um, the charges do not name her specifically, but a source confirmed to CNN that indeed uh, she was the one arrested along with other activists going to appear in court on July 21st. Now, this is something like uh, the jo- Just Stop Oil protesters in the United Kingdom. I'm not sure if you've seen them recently. Uh, they cropped up out of all things, a London LGBTQ event where you had gays against gays because you had the LGBTQ members of the Just Stop uh, Oil laying in front of the Coca-Cola LGBTQ pride float during the pride parade in uh, the ultimate conflict of the leftists, which was hysterical. And so Greta Thunberg taking part in that uh, uh, buffoonery. But uh, uh, it doesn't seem, although there is a potential of, I believe, a six-month jail sentence, most of these cases... uh, 
uh, where individuals uh, refuse to follow orders from police in Sweden are just given a fine. So that's probably going to be the likely outcome for uh, Greta Thunberg. How dare you? Everybody's favorite climate activist. Um, now, you may remember Victor Boot, the uh, merchant of death that uh, Joe Biden released in exchange for Brittany Griner. Well, may have backfired because now it seems he is seeking more power and influence within the community as he runs for office for a member of the ultra-nationalist Liberal Democratic Party. Uh, The LDPR is a group that heavily supports uh, Russian nationalism. They're all behind uh, Putin and they support the invasion of Ukraine. So all good and he probably will gain more access and ability to uh, ship weapons internationally because of this if he uh, regains access to politics. Obviously, uh, the Russian political climate quite notoriously corrupt. Thanks, Joe Biden, for uh, releasing the uh, Merchant of Death. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. Before we wrap up, there's been a bit of a social media controversy ignited by this greedy DoorDash delivery man calling into question tip culture across the United States. Producer Carl, did you see this guy uh, getting lippy with one of his customers? No, I missed it. Okay, here's this guy complaining about his $5 tip. Hi. Hello. Come here, Max. Next. Thank you. Um, I just want to say it's a nice house for a five dollar tip. You're welcome. So yeah, she just gets a big old F you from this delivery man for giving a five dollar tip on a twenty dollar order, meaning that's a twenty-five percent tip. Producer Carl, do you think he's got any grounds to be complaining about a 25% tip? No. No, absolutely not. Actually, because of this, DoorDash has dismissed this delivery driver, given him a bad name. Good call. I mean, you know, you can ask for a tip, but getting that lippy and demandy and judgmental? No, 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 no. Completely out of control. As is tipping culture, because anymore, you know, uh, you go to, to pick up food from a fast food. Uh, for, you know, from some fast food restaurants and they'll kind of flip that little iPad over and want you to add a 10 or 15% tip or it's even gotten worse. Some of the tips start at 20%. They start at 20% for them doing absolutely nothing and then they go up to like 30 or 35%. No, I am not giving you a 35% tip on a pickup order. This has gotten completely out of hand. Uh, But yeah, DoorDash making the correct call, dismissing that greedy delivery driver for complaining after receiving a 25% tip. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. We've got a lot more to come up in the next hour. We'll tell you more about Hunter Biden's cocaine controversy at the White House. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night on the Circle podcast. Be sure to catch us live every Saturday night from 7 to 9 Eastern on 93 WIBC Indianapolis and watch us on the YouTube live stream where you can comment live with other fans. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. 
Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You keep lying when you ought to be truthing. And you keep losing when you ought to not bet. You're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIPC. Now what's right is right. Welcome back to the show. This is Saturday Night on the Circle where I am your respected Ethan Hatcher. We're talking more about Hunter Biden's cocaine scandal at the White House because although I already covered it last hour, I think it's a story so nice I decided it was worth covering twice. Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not. What do you think, huh? Thanks for listening to the show. That's producer Carl pushing the buttons and doing the things to make this show function. We return with the media in overdrive providing coverage for the administration saying already kind of prepping us that we may never know the world the world may never know the true identity of uh, whoever whoever it happened to be bringing this cocaine in the white house certainly not the uh, historic Historical, uh, historically uh, drug abusive son of the sitting president. Ah, it's probably not not the case. Uh, here's Deputy Secretary Andrew Bates uh, saying that he can't really talk about it because uh, you know they got to be careful about violating the Hatch Act. Uh, former President Trump has made some pretty wild posts uh, recently on social media. Uh, one of them was that uh, the cocaine found in the White House was had belonged to either the president or his son. Are you willing to say that that's not the case, that they don't belong to them? I I don't have uh, a response to that because we have to be careful about the Hatch Act. that it could possibly come from the president or the president's son. I I think, you know, that denying that would be a violation of the Hatch Act is quite an interesting proposition. I don't think that's how that works, but he needed to find a convenient excuse. And MSNBC letting us know that, uh, you know, it was in an area where there weren't a lot of cameras and officials say, we're probably not going to find the culprit. Multiple officials are cautioning that it is unlikely uh, and certainly possible uh, that there would be a resolution solution to this, meaning forensic evidence found that could identify an individual. Scanning the video, doing the testing, uh, but they are preparing us for uh, a result that will be no conclusive evidence found. Man, thank God that uh, it wasn't 
actually anthrax or some kind of, uh, you know, biological terrorist substance because uh, the White House would be in big trouble and they wouldn't even be able to figure out who did it. You know, like if I were a bioterrorist, I would be paying attention and figuring out that evidently you can just, uh, you know, hop on a tour in the West Wing and then stash, you know, some of the stuff in a cubby There's off no to the cameras, side. cameras, apparently. No so. cameras, you know, and, and even if there were, you know, I mean, it just didn't have a good shot of this particular area area what are you gonna do uh already saying that uh, expectations are being lowered expectations are being lowered about uh an eventual conclusion here that would lead to an identity and then even the potential for prosecution uh at a misdemeanor level for the amount of drug we're talking about at the same time this is uh unusual to say the least officials say they don't have any record of an illicit drug like this being found in the west wing or in the white house before and so it is truly rare and it has gotten a lot of interest in the public. You don't need to see his identification. We don't need to see his identification. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids we're looking for. He can go about his business. You can go about your business. Move along. Move along. Move along. We've ju- we've never seen drugs like this around here before, so it's hard telling how they ended up here. I guess we'll just never know. Now, What's interesting is overseas bookies, they seem to to have a pretty good inkling of where the smart money is, laying down odds on whose uh, drugs these could possibly be. Bets including uh, the Jonas Brothers or Angelina Jolie, both at uh, uh, 1,000 to 1 or 1,400 to 1 odds, respectively. The least likely culprits... Jill and President Joe coming in at a 15,000 and 10,000 to one odds, respectively. But the most likely culprit, of course, is Hunter Biden sitting at 171. He is their number one safest choice in the overseas bookies. And you better pay attention to where the smart money is in betting, because although you can't do it like because of laws here in the United States, um, bookies have successfully predicted the outcome of many different presidential elections. So the fact that they are putting the smart money on Hunter Biden is a big statement in and of itself, although the media continuing uh, to do deflect and say that uh, we're just never going to know the identity. Kelly O'Donnell reports that it's possible that we might not even get uh, to learn who actually brought uh, this small baggie is. So I'm sure that's a sigh of relief to whoever sort of made the boneheaded move of bringing a bag of cocaine to the White yeah. House. But because this was in a, uh, you know, not an area that, uh, you know, is highly trafficked, but not wasn't necessarily covered by cameras all that well, you know, it's an area that a decent amount of people had access to. It just makes that investigation a little bit difficult. So, you know, this could all end without, um, you know, necessarily anyone being named as the person who was responsible for bringing that bag of cocaine to the White House. Shite. Oh, yes. That's shite. What a relief to whoever that cocaine may belong to that we will likely never know. I'll bet they are uh, feeling uh, pretty relieved at this moment. That's, that's just 
absolutely hysterical. Like, we don't know, and the smart money isn't on Hunter Biden, at least according to the overseas bookies. Now, I told you in the last hour we'd also discuss the historical usage of cocaine in the White House because this isn't the first time that drug has likely been in the Oval Office or even used specifically by a sitting president. Now, this is according to a U.S. historian at the University of Oklahoma, a professor by the name of Steve Gillian, who, according to his research for a 2011 book titled Pearl Harbor, FDR Leads the Nation into War, he says the executive likely used cocaine as a sinus treatment back in the 1940s. It was a common treatment, wasn't even illegal. And according to reports from uh, uh, the uh, attorney general, Francis Biddle, who saw this uh, procedure take place, uh, the official physician uh, who who was a respected ear, nose and throat doctor named uh, Ross McIntyre would use cotton swabs to clean the uh, president's sinuses. And one of the ways you would do that in the 1940s was with uh, swabs dipped in a cocaine solution. I guess it uh, clears your sinuses. Um, And so Although we don't know that for sure, it is likely the case. And the reason we don't know is because much like today, there were cover-ups afoot. Right after the president died in 1945, his medical records were destroyed, probably to cover up the fact that doctors were well aware of his deteriorating uh, health conditions in advance of his attempt to run for the fourth uh, uh, presidential term. So, yeah, not the first time it turns out that the... uh, that some people have been uh, uh, deceptive about the condition of the president's health or about the use of drugs in the White House. So we're all we're, we're, we're circling back. What is old is new. Uh, nothing new under the sun. Obviously, we have been here before, possibly uh, even former president, another Democrat, uh, FDR using cocaine in the White House. So not the first time it's been there despite what the media may tell you. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. Uh, we've got a lot more to come. Um, and, and, of course, before before I get into that, I wanted to get in a pretty sick burn from Fox News regarding the president and his seeming uh, uh, nonchalance regarding uh, finding the identity of uh, who put the cocaine in the White House. Well, I mean, the way Karine Jean-Pierre was talking about this, it sounds like it's Grand Central Station or something like that, where there's just people from the street wandering through. You know, this isn't the White House of the 1800s where the public could just get in there. It's not an easy place to get into, and for good reason. Uh, And I think maybe it's unsurprising that the man who hasn't seen that concern about fentanyl flowing across the U.S.-Mexico border is unconcerned with how cocaine is getting into his White House. It sort of makes sense there. Sick burn from Fox News. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. More to come. Guest Jason Hammer joins the show up next. listening to Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to Saturday Night on the Circle, where I'm your 4th of July fireworks fanatic, Ethan Hatcher. Check out my podcasts on WIBC.com and SaturdayNightOnTheCircle.Fireside.FM and hop in the chat while we're streaming live on the YouTube. This segment will recap the glorious festivities from the 4th this week and cover condemnation by the representative from Brownsburg, new dad (laughs) and resident grouchy face Rob Kendall. And after uh, three years, the media are still 
radio silent regarding Joe Hogsett's mysterious disappearance during the 2020 riots, but now one Hoosier is doing the hard work of attempting to uncover what transpired that fateful evening. And here to talk with us once again is the magnificent broadcasting superstar, the dashing avant-garde of cutting-edge commentary, one half of the number one rated afternoon show, Hammer and Nigel, the man, the myth, the legend, Jason Hammer, joins us again. Man, normally I just get, here's fatty, so thank you for that amazing introduction. I appreciate that. Well, it is very apt for the most glorious of holidays, my favorite (laughs) celebration, 4th of July, and I know you feel similarly. Tell me, what is a 4th of July at the Hammer household like? (laughs) It's everything that I think Thomas Jefferson would have wanted. Yep. Swear Swear words, booze, and explosives. Now, factor in some strange, you know, bedroom activity going on, you know, maybe that happens, maybe that doesn't. I will not give you that sort of information here. But I'm like you. I am down to blow stuff up. Um, I think it's a way to celebrate. It's fun. It's what we've always done. The kids bring all their friends over and uh, go big or go home. I spent an irresponsible amount of money on explosives. You gotta do it right. And I find it's helpful, especially because these things are so damn expensive. Do you do the same thing like like I do? I go on multiple days. I get a lot of my stock from Jake's Fireworks and the old Chi-Chi's on Washington and 465. Do you have the membership card to Uh Jake's? Because I do, too. And it's amazing. And stop judging me, because not only do I have a Jake's membership card (laughs) in my wallet, I think I still have the old Subway Club card from way back in the day, where if you had like 12 foot longs, you got the next one free. I don't think they've done that since like 1996. I think it's buried behind my Blockbuster card in my wallet. But do you have the app? Yes. Okay, because the app is what I go to when they have the coupon deals, and then I'll go three days in a row because it's one coupon per person per household per day, and you just go three days in a row. Do you know who my wife is? The crazy coupon lady. (laughs) You know good and well she gets everything lined up for us. Uh, But then you have the representative from Brownsburg, and he's complaining as though 4th of July fireworks are are something you just do the one day. Here's Rob. Look. I don't know who needs to hear this, but the 3rd of July is not the 4th of July, and fireworks are for the 4th of July. Fool this man! Okay, look, I got to put up with like a month long of Christmas because this is a very slippery slope, Jason. If you're going to do this with Fourth of July, then we got to do this with Christmas because that's a whole month. It is not just December 25th. It is the month of December is the month of Christmas. I think we can do a couple of days, if not four days of fireworks around the fourth. It's deeper than this, Ethan. What this is, is a new dad trying to give lectures to all of the old crafty veterans that have had kids for a long time. New dad doesn't get to give that speech, okay? Sit this one out, okay? You haven't paid your dues yet. And by the way, I sent Rob a text message on July 5th, the next morning, and I said, please, keep your baby and your dog quiet. Some of us have been up all night shooting off fireworks. Exactly. Now, is this a phase for new dads? Was this one time you? Because I never. I feel like Jay, you would never be this much of a square, you know? No, ah, no. Exactly. No, I was 
ready to uh, pass the torch onto the kids, you know, years ago when it comes to the fireworks shows, but they're afraid of losing a finger. So I'm still doing it at the house. Right. Yeah. No, you got to initiate them into the explosive celebration. It's like, you know, bringing up a made man in the mafia. You'll be ready when you're ready, but that time is not right now. So, you know, I, I feel Rob is right about so much, but on this issue, yeah, you can set this one out. Right, right. New dad, sit this conversation out. You don't get to give any lectures. You don't get to go to the barbecues and cook the meat for a long time. Now, I was really vibing with you this week, Jason, not only about the 4th of July and explosive fireworks, cooking out, you know, being an American, but I heard a segment on Hammer and Nigel, Am I a Horrible Person, about drive-in movie theaters, and you said... Exactly right. I couldn't agree more. They're the worst. You know, I tried them for the first time during the pandemic because it's just something I'd never got around to being, I I think, the only one in Indianapolis is uh, the Tibbs drive-in over on the west side. And during the pandemic, you're just so desperate to get outside and do something. And I'd always heard the drive-in movie theater experience kind of built up as part of the, you know, the American experience. And like, oh, man, it was so crappy. The, The image quality was terrible. Uh, j- just tuning into the radio station was a hassle. The audio quality was not what you wanted to be. I mean, it was okay if you wanted to goof off through the movie, but I can do that at the house a lot cheaper. Right, and you're not, you know, locked into your car basically. Uh-huh. And either your car is running, or you've turned it off and it drains your battery. Either way, it stinks. And then, heaven forbid, you have to use the restroom. And if you think a portolet outside the motor speedway on race day is bad, wait until you see the restroom at a drive-in movie theater. It looks like something from a third-world country. And then the concessions are disappointing. Like, I mean, we're not talking top shelf at a movie theater concession anyway, but I'd much rather have the butter popcorn at, like, your AMC. It's uh, And and if you're the kind of person that forgets to bring the snacks to the drive-in movie theater, maybe you shouldn't be there in the first place, because that's, like, one of the reasons why you would go. We'll take all of our own snacks, we'll take a six-pack of drinks, we'll load up the cooler, the blankets, we'll do all the stuff, and then maybe, just maybe, we'll sit outside, have mosquitoes bite us, or have people honking their horns and yelling at us, distracting us from the movies that we want to watch that, oh, by the way, don't start until the time I normally go to bed. At that point, (laughs) it's so overcomplicated. This is the 21st century, Jason. You can invest in a projector and just screen it on the side of your house. Have your own drive-in movie theater experience. (laughs) It's been a while since I've been to a drive-in. My kids were young the last time we went. I think it was when Cars 3 came out. So we watched that and whatever horrible movie came on afterwards. Kids fell asleep about halfway through and we're stuck at the drive-in and horrible people to the left of you, stinky people to the right of you, and it's a mess. Now, I know one issue that you've been uh, following really hot for a couple of years now is Joe Hogsett's disappearance during the 2020 riots. What happened? The media completely dropping the ball, refusing to hold you know the office of the mayor to account. They're gutless. Absolutely. These TV stations the have investigative reporters, right? Now, think about this. Channel 13's investigative reporter tried to do a hit piece on us about the Afghan refugees. I remember that. The government proved <laughs> us to be right. We never got an apology. But these folks are so in the bag for this mayor in this city and a certain 
style of politics in this city. They refused to ask where the mayor was during the riots. And more importantly, like if Joe Hogsett wants to be allegedly drunk somewhere, fine. Who's calling the shots and where are the audio recordings of the IMPD being told to stand down? So you had somebody on your show, a Hoosier, who's actually trying to hold the mayor to account and get some answers to those questions. Robert Evans III, I saw his tweet. Tell us a little bit more about exactly what he's trying to do. I mean, I guess it's Freedom of Information request. Right. So there's FOIA requests, and there are other forms you can fill out. The problem that we're starting to notice is how shady the mayor's administration in the city really is, as if you didn't know already. Yeah. But it doesn't look like old Diamond Joe, Boss Hogsett, has an official email address with the city. So if he doesn't have a city email address then he do doesn't you, have to officially respond back. Back up. What do you mean the mayor of Indianapolis doesn't have an official government email address? BS. Well, that's what <laughs> we're being told. That's the response we're getting from the folks over at the mayor's office. So if, and think about this, if you know your mayor is no good, is going to be disappearing for one reason or the not, if you know you've got very little faith in this guy, why would you give him an email address? Because with a government email address comes accountability required from the government. When you don't have that, now we've got questions that need to be answered. Think about how sad it is that you have one citizen Hoosier doing the legwork that the media refuses to do, and right. it's three years on. It's All absolutely All these TV disgusting. stations have a political guy, whether it's Dan Spieler, whether it's whoever. They all have their political guy, and every single one of them is gutless for ignoring the fact that in a major U.S. city, a city that's hosted a Super Bowl, that has convention after convention, the city was just left to burn and have Bricks through windows for 48 hours, no mayor. But I look forward to following the story more to see if it develops or if he gets completely stonewalled. You know, I mean, the city is corrupt, but you never know what's going to happen. 100%. Thanks for coming on the show, Jason. I appreciate you. Thank you, man. You're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle 93 WIBC. Stay tuned for more. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night on the Circle podcast. Be sure to catch us live every Saturday night from 7 to 9 Eastern on 93 WIBC Indianapolis and watch us on the YouTube live stream where you can comment live with other fans. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Listening to Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIBC. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. In this segment, I'll be playing highlights, probably <laughs> some of the longest uninterrupted sound bites from Liberal Democrat you'll hear. But uh, this is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. commenting on the CIA. Uh, Oswald, 
giving his thoughts on Anthony Fauci and on journalistic integrity. I thought this was, you know, kind of interesting stuff. And although his views on the environment are kind of kooky, his views on uh, tax policy certainly aren't something I support. uh, But his thoughts on Anthony Fauci? kind of interesting this was on the lex friedman podcast i've not heard of this podcast it's uh published on youtube probably a couple other places too on youtube at least he's got more than three million subscribers don't know why i've never heard of this guy Uh, it's pretty significant following but here you have uh lex friedman interviewing rfk jr and he gives his thoughts on anthony fauci and really a fairly damning indictment of his service what is good that he has done for the world especially during this pandemic you know i don't want to uh sit here and speak on charlie by saying the guy um didn't do anything but i i don't i can't think of anything i mean if you um if you tell me something that you think he did you know maybe there was a drug that got licensed while he was in nih that you know benefited people that's certainly possible he was there for 50 years and i i in terms of his um of his principal programs of the aids programs and his COVID programs and i think that the harm that he did vastly outweighed the you know, the, the benefits. Do you think he believes he's doing good for the world? I don't know what he believes. In fact, in that book, which is, I think, 250,000 words, I never try to look inside of his head. I, do, I deal with facts. I deal with science. So, and every, every factual assertion in that book is cited in source to government databases or peer-reviewed publications. And I, and I don't, I try not to speculate about things that I don't know about or I can't prove. And I do not, I cannot tell you what his motivations were. Or, I mean, all of us, he's done a thing, a lot of things that I think are really very, very bad things for humanity and very uh, deceptive. But we all have this um, this capacity for self-deception. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, we, we judge ourselves on our intentions rather than our actions. And we all have an almost infinite capacity to convince ourselves that what we're doing is is right. I think that was kind of an unintentionally hilarious opening to his statement where he said, I don't want to be uncharitable and say Anthony Fauci never did anything good during his tenure, but I can't think of anything. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I, I think his, his thoughts on Anthony Fauci are fairly interesting. Many people agree with him. And we should also note part of the reason why Anthony Fauci was allowed to run amok was because Trump empowered him. Trump put him at the forefront of the COVID-19 pandemic response. He didn't have to do that. Um, or certainly he could have fired him. Replacements and changes in leadership could have been made. But we stuck with Anthony Fauci and he did enormous damage to the American people, to the American uh, economy, to to children's education. They still haven't caught up in many ways from the time off during the pandemic and the prolonged period of time where they were kept out of school because teachers didn't want to return to the classroom and, you know, they feigned fear of uh, the, the viral outbreak when teachers in other countries in Europe had already returned to the classroom, but you had the teachers' unions here, uh, strong arming government response and keeping kids dumber and doing uh, irreparable damage to their uh, scholastic integrity, which was absolutely disgusting. And RFK Jr. kind of commenting on that with uh, Anthony Fauci and the damage he did 
uh, during the pandemic response. Also covering the lack of journalistic integrity and how these how far these uh, institutions have fallen as a collective. I actually think that the entire field of journalism has uh, has, uh, you know, really ashamed itself in recent years because it's become, you know, the, the principal newspapers in this country and the television station, the, the legacy media have abandoned their um their traditional their tradition of of you know which was when i was a kid listen my house was filled with the greatest journalists alive at that time people like ben bradley like anthony lewis mary mcgrory pete hamill jerry jack newfield uh, jimmy breslin uh, uh and many many others and after my father after my uh, father died they started the rfk journalism awards to recognize integrity and courage, you know, journalistic integrity and courage. And for that generation of journalism, they they thought, they believed that the, that, um, the function of a journalist was to maintain this posture of fierce skepticism toward any aggregation of power, including government authority. That you always, that people in authority lie and that we, they always have to be questioned and, uh, and that their job was to speak truth to power and to be guardians of the First Amendment right to, to uh, free expression. But if you look what happened during the pandemic, it was the inverse of that kind of journalism where the, uh, the major press organs in this country um, were, instead of speaking truth to power, they were doing the opposite. They were broadcasting propaganda they became propaganda organs for the government agencies and you certainly can't say that uh, american journalism is a bastion of freedom of expression now they will ostracize you if you do not tow the popular uh, political narrative especially the leftist political narrative you'll be laughed out of the room um now i sort of question the idea that RFK Jr. proffers, which is the standard of so-called objective journalism, which existed and he you know talked about when he was a kid and popular journalistic figures uh, that, that live to a higher standard than what we see now. I, I think to a certain extent, this objective media um, was a blip in time that if it ever truly existed, only existed for a brief period. Because if you actually look at the history of journalism dating back to the founding fathers and earlier, these were largely propaganda, you know, propaganda wings uh, for the various institutions that funded and produced them. Uh, you had very slanted views coming from journalistic uh, organizations during the Revolutionary war some which strongly favored remaining loyal to the crown others which uh, favored obviously uh, the colonists seeking and declaring their own independence it, it you know it was very partisan journalism and I think in some ways we have returned to that and maybe it's better. Uh, because at least you know the bias that exists within your media when it operates that way. Um, I do think it is somewhat dangerous to exist, uh, you know, in an echo chamber. But I'm not sure how you combat that when, especially, you have uh, profit-driven media because uh, you're not going. You were you were never going to be as profitable um, through objectives journalism as you will leaning into a narrative that gains popularity 
popularity with a niche audience. I mean, that's just kind of the way it works. So I don't know. I I agree with RFK Jr. in the sense that clearly standards have dropped, but I disagree in that I'm not sure so-called objective journalism ever existed. It certainly doesn't exist now, and I I agree uh, agree that they have fallen far. You're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle 93 WIBC. Before we close off this segment, I also wanted to play RFK Jr. again sitting out on the Lex Friedman podcast from YouTube and likely other channels as well, um, where he points the finger yet again at the CIA and outright says Lee Harvey Oswald was a CIA asset, again, seeming to to indicate he believes the government was responsible for assassinating JFK. Surprised recently to most Americans, I think, um, the release of these documents in which the, the, the press, the American media finally acknowledged that, yeah, Lee Harvey Oswald was a CIA asset, that he was recruited, you know, in 1957. Uh, he was a Marine. Uh, working at the Atatsui Air Force Base, and which was the CIA Air Force Base, in you know, with the U-2 flights, which was a CIA program, and that uh, he was recruited by James Jesus Angleton, who was the director of counterintelligence, and then sent uh, on a fake defection to Russia, and then brought back, you know, um, to, to, to Dallas. And people didn't know that. Now, if my last name was Kennedy and I were making bold assertions like these, I would probably steer well clear of any adjacent book depositories if you catch my drift. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. Uh, wrapping things up in the next segment. Stay tuned. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Saturday night on The Circle on 93 WIPC. Coming things to a close here on Saturday evening. Thanks for tuning into the show. If you missed it, catch my podcast uploaded to WIBC.com Saturday night on TheCircle.fm and hop in the chat while we stream live on YouTube. If you missed the show on July 3rd, with Brad and I filling in on Kendall and Casey. Be sure to check it out. I will make sure to have producer Carl upload it to the website after we're done here. Wrapping things up this evening, I uh, wanted to cover the Virgin Galactic successful space flight coming in hot 
off the heels of the Ocean Gate implosion, everybody was a little nervous this would be uh, like an Ocean Gate in the sky. Fortunately, it did not end in calamity, at least yet. See, that's the same thing that you could say of Ocean Gate, because it wasn't the first few successful dives that presented the problem. It was after the equipment began to wear down um, that it eventually failed. So I would wait for a few more excursions before we declare the Virgin Galactic uh, space flight absolutely safe. But uh, Mr. Branson definitely taking a victory lap for successfully completing the flight. It's it, evidently it happens in two stages. First, they fly you up in a separate plane that drops the rocket ship, which then blasts you the remaining way into the extremities of Earth's atmosphere. Not quite all the way in space, or at least not to my counting it, uh, 50, but 50 miles up, so you can see the curvature of the Earth, but not the same glorious spectacle that, uh, say, Neil Armstrong got to behold on the moon. You don't get to see the full circumference of the Earth, uh, at least not that far. Uh, but it is a step, certainly, towards space tourism, and, you know, hell, as far as I'm concerned, we are living in the future, especially because now the FAA has finally approved Proved its first commercial flying car, and I'm here for it. Meet George Jetson. His boy Elroy. Daughter Judy. Jane, his wife. The FAA has already given Aleph Aeronautics, a California-based company, permission to both test this in on the road and in the air. I am fascinated. It could be releasing as early as 2025, uh, giving the glory of uh, air travel to uh, within reach of the average uh, consumer. Um, this would have the ability to travel up to 200 miles on an electric battery and 110 miles in in the air. That's so cool. Also, it has the ability to take off vertically or horizontally. I'm fascinated by this. Now, producer Carl, I included photos of this uh, contraption in the rundown. What interests me, and I'll, sh I'll hold this up to the camera so our viewers can see, it, it, it doesn't have any wings. Where the hell are the wings? How is this flying? Now it's it's been approved. So evidently this is this is a concept that works or they 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 trust that it will, but how the hell is it flying through the air? Can you believe this producer Carl? Uh I'll believe it when I see it. Well, it's it's coming out down down the pike in 2025, so we only got to wait like two more years. But is this like a Dyson Dyson's work without the blades? It just, you know, like pulls pulls the air through with the uh, electric charge i would imagine like uh, alternating positive and ion uh, charges in the atmosphere to pull pull the air through maybe like the concepts like a of a drone but the drones have the four yeah, the four true. multiple propellers, and that's what I'm saying. There is not a propeller to be seen on this contraption from Aleph Aeronautics. So I don't know how they intend to fly, but I think it's hella cool, and I certainly would love to try one out. It's, it's probably out of our price range, though. Yeah, <laughs> no, but maybe Biden will give us a yeah. tax credit yeah. if we buy it, you know, like a Tesla. 
Uh, all things considered, though, I suppose between trying a flying car or a uh, deep sea submarine, submarines still edging it out as a little bit safer because although you will find many planes in the sea, you won't find any submarines in the sky. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. Unfortunately, we leave it there, and I'll give you my parting words of wisdom. As always, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whoever you're with, remember that life is a state of mind. See you next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night on the Circle podcast. Be sure to catch us live every Saturday night from 7 to 9 Eastern on 93 WIBC Indianapolis and watch us on the YouTube live stream where you can comment live with other fans. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.